I'm reading from Mark's Gospel in the 12th chapter at the 28th verse. Let us listen for this word from God. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the first of all? And Jesus answered, the first is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all of your strength. The second is this. Yes, uh, you should love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, You're right, teacher. You have truly said that he who... He is one and there is no other but he, and to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and with the love of one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to them, you're not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any question. The second scripture reading today comes from the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Listen now to God's word that is to us and for us. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem and Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Amalek, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Milan and Chilion, and they were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Amalek, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. When they had lived there for about ten years, both Milan and Chilion also died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and without her husband. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and had given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? 
Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she, Naomi, said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Once upon a time, that is the translation of the Hebrew some Old Testament scholars would argue that begins the book of Ruth. Once upon a time. But let's be honest, this story thus far at least seems far from a fairy tale. So far, it does not sound like a story of a prince and a princess running away together to a land far, far away. So far, it does not sound like a story that would include singing woodland creatures and midnight balls. And so far, it does not sound like a story that is going to end with a happily ever after. But this is a story, I would say, that holds many life lessons. And it is a story many of us can relate to in some way or another. I believe all of us can relate to Naomi if we took some time to see Naomi as one who shows us what the journey of being human is all about. Naomi's story, and we just get a little snippet of Naomi's story here in the first chapter of Ruth, is a story full of emotion and heartache and pain and hopelessness and grief and loss and despair. But before we sum up the whole book of Ruth as a depressing tale and write off this book completely as one we might not ever want to read, let us journey alongside Naomi and Ruth and Orpah too, just for a moment. So let us get back to the text. Once upon a time, there was a man named Elmelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Milan and Chilion. Shortly after the book begins, the text is consumed with famine and displacement and death. The text begins in crisis. 
We read that Amalek, Milan, and Chilean all die, which means Naomi is a widow and she is without her two sons. This text is very observant and matter of fact. It does not tell of the thoughts or questions Naomi might have been thinking. It does not really tell about the range of emotions Naomi might have been feeling after such loss. Naomi is a widow, and she now does not have her two sons. This is difficult news for anyone to bear, and in a society and in a time in which we find Naomi, in which Naomi finds herself, as one commentator wrote, she is stripped of everything that gives her life meaning and security. In a patriarchal society in which a woman's well-being was directly associated with her husband and her male offspring, Naomi is without. She is without everything, except her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. And if I were to guess, they were also grieving themselves. So there's more separation and grief in this story. Aware of the dire circumstances, Naomi requests that her daughters-in-law go back to their mother's houses. Orpah eventually embodies the meaning of her name in Hebrew, and she turns her back to head back to Moab, her homeland. And Ruth, meaning willingness or desire, also lives out the meaning of her name, but in a different way. She is not only willing, but Ruth desires to journey with Naomi back to Judah, Naomi's homeland, uncertain and unsure of what the future might hold. Although Naomi may have felt like a stranger in her own land, she was indeed not a stranger to grief, loss, and despair. Naomi was human, and if we lift up her humanity and her lived experiences, we can see that she reminds us of our humanness, too. Kate Bowler is one who often reminds the world of its, of our humanness. She is a professor at Duke, has written a number of books, and hosts her own podcast, which I highly recommend. When she was 35 years old, Kate was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Kate, a woman married to a friend she has known since high school, a mom to a lively little boy, and a successful and impactful professor and author was now wrestling with her own mortality. After her diagnosis, she began to think deeply and differently about her faith and what it means to be human. One of her books is titled, No Cure for Being Human and Other Truths I Needed to Hear. On social media, she reflected on this book and her humanness, on all of our humanness, really, and shared this. This is what it means to be human, to feel the pain, the grief, the stress, the risk, the fear, the heartbreak. So you, beautiful creature, you, 
Here is your permission slip to feel it all, to feel the joy and delight and excitement and the sorrow and fear and despair. This is what it means to be human, friends. Kate teaches and shares with the world what it means to be human. And oddly enough, my dog Georgia taught me what it means to be human too. Well, indirectly she did. For Halloween last year, I bought my dog Georgia a sweater that has pumpkins all over it. She tolerated it. I love it, so she will definitely be wearing it this year. Georgia's festive new sweater has rows after rows of jack-o'-lanterns on it, each with a different facial expression. Happy, sad, frightened, angry, weary, surprised, just to name a few. And as Georgia reluctantly wore her new sweater and modeled it around my apartment last year, I remember looking at each stitched jack-o'-lantern, and I began thinking about the many jack-o'-lanterns we would see on our walks as we passed by them on the porches through our neighborhood in Decatur. And then I began to wonder. For many people, jack-o'-lanterns have become familiar symbols, signifying that the season of fall has arrived and Halloween is not too far away. And these carved pumpkins often have a variety of facial expressions, which are emphasized by the candle carefully placed inside. Many of us praise and compliment one another on our beautiful jack-o'-lanterns, how creative they are and expressive as we see each of them creatively and carefully cut with big smiles or furrowed eyebrows or a tongue hanging out of its mouth. But all too often, we do not allow ourselves to be as expressive as those pumpkins we see. All too often, we do not embrace our own humanity and have the courage to be vulnerable and share our emotions with the world. All too often, we are not wanting or are willing to sit with another in any and all emotions that they might be feeling. Dr. Mindy McGarris-Sharp was my pastoral care professor at Columbia Theological Seminary, and she defines pastoral care as the discipline of asking someone, what is going on? and then bearing to listen and respond well in what follows. So I wonder, if anyone ever asked Naomi, what is going on? How are you? And I wonder how Naomi would have responded. I wonder if Naomi would have responded. I wonder how Naomi would have felt if she had heard Kate Bowler's words, you beautiful creature, you. Here is your permission slip to feel it all. I wonder if Naomi would have taken a hint from the jack-o'-lanterns and felt any and all emotions within her. The mad, the sad, the glad, the surprised, the hurt. And I wonder why we do not let ourselves feel it all.
why it is so sometimes so difficult to sit with another as they feel it all. So I invite you to ask the person near you or someone you see this week in the hall, at school, in the office, at lunch, while out on a walk, these questions. What is going on? How are you? And then be willing to receive whatever they might share. And if someone asks you these questions this week, I encourage you to take Kate's metaphorical, imaginary permission slip and feel it all. As people of the Reformed tradition, we are reminded and we believe that we are a priesthood of all believers. We are a community of people who love each other, care for another, and journey together. That, my friends, is what it means to experience the journey of being human. It is to see our humanness and another's humanness. God reminds us of our call to journey with one another through life. Ruth embodied this call as she journeyed with Naomi and promised her this, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. Ruth was willing, she desired, and she was determined to go with Naomi to accompany her until the very end of their lives. In essence, Ruth communicates presence. Ruth continued to journey with Naomi, and consequently, Naomi journeyed with Ruth. This story of Naomi and Ruth reminds us that God claims us as beloved and calls us to be in relationship with one another. The relationship between Naomi and Ruth continues, and so does the story. Together, they journeyed throughout the story and their lives, experiencing a number of reversals. Death to life, emptiness to fullness, desperation to hope. So maybe the book of Ruth is, in a sense, a fairy tale after all. It is a story full of all of what it means to be human, a story that encourages us to embrace our own humanness, a story that reminds us of our interconnectedness. Friends, remember the story of Ruth and not just the text that we read in the Bible but also the fullness and the wholeness of their lived experiences. Take Kate's permission slip and feel it all, being honest with ourselves and the world and God. Be willing to journey with one another, asking and responding to the questions, what is going on? How are you? And throughout our journeys, may we have moments of fully experiencing our humanness. May we journey alongside one another in the joys and pains of living. And may we remember that the God who was and is and is yet to come 
journeys with us through the joys and pains of our living too. Amen. <laughs>